Hey there, Mike Catherwood here. And I was just thinking back to how odd it was that my grandma used to spend time cutting out these coupons so that she could go grocery shopping. And I always used to say, Grandma, what is that for? And she, sure enough, she would take me to the grocery store and she'd be like, you look, look here, mijo, I saved $7. And that was for like a 20-something dollar bill. You know, it's considerable savings in the early 80s, especially. But there's no need to cut out coupons anymore. Why? Is it because you don't want to save? No, no, no. Everyone wants to save money, especially now. It's around the holidays. You're going to be spending a lot more money. No, you don't need to cut out coupons anymore because of honey. Honey takes care of it for you. Honey is a browser extension that you apply to your desktop. They also have an app. And it applies, finds, aggregates, and then right at checkout automatically takes care of all those coupons and savings for you at over 40,000 different distributors and online retail sites, including Amazon. So there's really no losing here. It's free. Go to joinhoney.com and you get yourself hooked up. And all you do is you save money. You don't have to do anything extra Honey, right there on your web browser. It's a little extension and it takes care of all that for you, making sure that you never pay more than you need to ever again. It's really great. Oh, and um, with Honey Gold, you can get rewards and start to aggregate points that you can use for more savings, even if there isn't a deal to be found. So just by having Honey, even if they can't find you a deal on something, uh, you're still collecting some points and some credits so that you could use that in the long run. So there's really no losing. I, I am so happy to be promoting Honey because I believe in it. I use Honey myself. Um, and, and it's just a great, a great, great product and a great service. Joinhoney.com is where you need to go. Also on uh, the Apple and the Android App Store, they have a Honey app. Uh, it's all taken care of for you. Honey is the best, and they are a proud sponsor. <laughs> oh, welcome. Welcome, everyone. Hello, welcome. To the greatest podcast yes, in the world. Greatest. I'm happy to be here. It's huge. <laughs> unfortunately, um, our unfortunately, other host, I'm here. No, no, no. Our, unfortunately, our other host, Katie Ellis, Jason's beautiful wife, is uh, recovering from surgery and she couldn't Ooh. make it today. We yeah. wish her all the best. That's beautiful. But our guest today is a fine man, a great American, uh, probably most well known for his time in the UFC. And the man with easily the greatest fight nickname, he is Ian Uncle Creepy McCall joining us today. Yes, thank you, thank you. How are you boys doing? We're Good. casual. We yes. got a lot to talk about. Yes, we do. You're an interesting guy. Life doing has a lot changed. of weird stuff. Oh man, my life has gone. Uh, it's it's changed a lot. I've gone out of my way to make a change yeah. over the last like since my retirement. I went through. Man, retirement was hard. Yeah, I had no idea, and my Fuck buddy, yeah. my buddy JJ. Uh, he won a bronze medal in the Olympics, JJ Thomas for snowboarding. He's Sean White's coach. Yeah. And we were friends, not like crazy good friends, but he just reached out and goes, Hey, yeah, you're retired. And I'm like, Yeah. He goes, Oh, let's have a talk. And he talked me through exactly what would happen because he knows what kind of guy I am. To the T, each level of shit I went through and how much it was going to suck. Mm -hmm. And then I came out on the other side, a way better person, looking to coach, looking to help people. And that's exactly what I'm doing. A lot of fighters don't do that, though. A lot of fighters really hit hard times. You know? They they do, and I, I did. I mean, I'm talking, you know, suicide watch type yeah. stuff. It was it was bad, and you know, I had also 
I was on I was on painkillers my whole career. I don't know who knew that or who didn't, mm-hmm. but I was on drugs my whole career. I mean, we're talking from 14 years old yeah. when I hit high school and I started taking them over from Mexico. Um, Wait, did to, you take them before the fight? Um, this is the first time I'm ever going to admit this, but yeah, the last time I, when I fought Horiguchi, my last fight, I was on Oxycontin. And I was like, you know what? I'm fucking out of here. I got knocked out and I looked at my coaches in the back. I was like, uh, I don't even, they might not even know to this, to this moment. <laughs> but I was like, you know what? We're done. Yeah, I gotta get. I got went home. I got off everything. You know, wouldn't say naturally. I took a bunch of peptides. <clears throat> My buddies have a peptide gym, or a peptide. Uh, What's lab. a peptide? A naturally occurring amino acid or protein in your body, and they've synthesized these things that are. What? I mean, incredible. Yeah, so they're fantastic. BDNF, brain derived neurotrophic factor. Anyone with CTE issues. I'm, I'm talking. People thought I was gonna kill myself. Um, I took that with NAD plus. <clears throat> they have testosterone ones, and they have. Ones for all kinds of shit. A lot of growth hormone mimicking. Lot, yeah, 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 growth. Yeah, I mean, CJC twelve ninety five is really yeah. Good. BPC one five seven or BPC what the blends. Fuck the is BPC. Going on right BPC now? is fantastic for athletes. Uh, How come you didn't tell me? Why don't you get me that? It you comes know, in a needle. I need all that. Like, um, you don't because you take you take growth hormone. Oh, uh, this I mean, is you, way you take better test, though. You take testing growth hormone, so you don't really need it. Yeah, but a lot of these hey, hormones, this is, this is, excuse me, these peptides are fantastic. I'm. I put on 25 pounds of muscle. Yeah. My brain fires off perfectly. Like if I need it, I'll feel my my brain like a record skipping. So I'll do a shot of, of a BDNF. And they have it in pill form as well. And man, I, I within seconds, I'm like back to zero. Hell yeah. And then I'll throw in a microdose of psilocybin and all my vitamins and stuff and, and uh, get on the level where I'm like, okay, now I can function. Now I get up and I do my breath work and meditation. I study. Uh, I go work with clients or I work out, you know, once or twice a day. Do a lot of yoga, getting into Kundalini, and, and I gotta do yoga. I mean, I'm I'm I've, I've been listening to Krishna Das. Like I've been going. Who's that? He's just a, <clears throat> a Kundalini sort of, or you know, in the Sikh religion, the guys that wear turbans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it all kind of ties in together. Not kind of, it does tie in together. <clears throat> um, and they have these chants and these you know vibrational things they do that are supposed to affect your chakras and all this stuff. And I'm probably butchering it, so I'm sorry, yoga people, but, you know, whatever. Um, I'm just learning. So, and it, it all started with, I mean, I started doing yoga in college. I mean, I, the only reason I was invited back was because I was fucking the teacher. But, uh, you know, that's because, I'm, you know, I was gross. Um, so you bone everybody. Yeah, I did. And, I, and again, this is. A, you don't bone anybody now. I just got back from Bali yeah. for the first time for 10 days. I did a retreat out there with some clients. And no fucking. No, I didn't fuck once. And there was, and of course, I have a girlfriend I've committed to. Um, you're not allowed to fuck other people. Well, no, right? So, no. and we're both we're both so should recover- be pretty easy to we're, not fuck anybody but her. Then, yeah. Yes, she's super. Hot. I wouldn't say it's easy. It's not easy. Okay, yeah. so I like Eastern European women. I don't. I don't like. I don't like Americans at all. And, yeah. And then next goes Australians and Brazilians. Those are everywhere. They're like I would be on a moped, just mustache and hair undone, covered in salt, and just the hottest Russian girls would. Just pop up out of nowhere and be like, hi. I'm like, oh, hi. Got to keep you away from my wife. Where did you come from? And they'd be like, oh, hi. They just start talking to you. And I'm like, okay, well, I got to go. Me, me. (laughs) Just zoom off into the jungle. And it's, uh, I was was happy because I was proud of myself. I didn't, you know? And I, of course, it's Bali. The opportunity is everywhere. I mean, they're, it's insane how beautiful every, all these creatures are. And we went to some. So you're struggling. I, I was, but I'm getting through it. Because you're doing all the meditation. You're doing all the work. Yes. Like the, uh, like the, I did a, uh, you know, a psychedelic integration the other night of nine grams. I took nine grams at once. That's a, a lot little, of mushrooms. With a little brew that I make. 
Um, you know, I'll mix. Wait, so you do mushrooms all the time? All the time. Um, <coughs> well, therapeutically, it just yeah. Now I don't. If it's therapeutically nine grams last night, I don't night. do that. No, it was two, three nights ago. So you tripping balls all night then, right? Uh, for three hours, it was heavy. Heavy. Oh, so you're doing it so because I know a little bit about it where you do you can do a little bit, but then I've always had uh, you know I've had friends say you know you do a real dose here. Uh, next time you come back, blah blah blah, and I'm yeah, like, is yeah, what, yeah, three and a half is what they say, or five? Five is heroic. I try doing yeah. nine yeah, or, see, or fifteen. I, uh, I don't, I don't want to. Uh, that's my one thing that I don't enjoy about the psychedelic thing. And now I've only done them. Well, I do mushrooms, sort of. I do a little bit of it every now and then, and it's not microdosing because it's like I'll have a little bit more than that, but it's not enough to go cuckoo. Yeah, because I don't want to. That was the thing I didn't like when I did the ayahuasca. <laughs> I'm like, man, when, I, when you got to do the work, I get, I get it. <clears throat> that's what you're there for. Yeah, <clears throat> that's why I do it. Just, <clears throat> but I, to do, to do it all the time. I've, I've got, you got a lot of issues, man. You're like me. <laughs> and, and, and why I, do I have a lot of issues? I would just look. I'm great. <laughs> I got things together, right, Mike? I think so. I mean, yeah. uh, uh, considering your background, I think you you are I'm just someone saying, to be admired. There's there, of course. But Ian's right, though. You've got a lot of shit. To be peeled back. You got a lot of shit to deal with. And man, I'm telling you, I was able to see things and compartmentalize things like I never have before. I did a recent ceremony with um, down on the La Jolla Indian Reservation with, with Shane, my friend, who is the medicine man there. There in Morongo. And, you know, because I'm working with organizations like DCRIM-CA, I'm talking to Unlimited Sciences about doing a John Hopkins study with Roland Griffiths. would be so excited to do that. Uh, talking on a panel at the one-year anniversary in Denver or, um, you know, all this amazing stuff that I've, I'm getting into. It's, it's super beneficial. And I want to learn how to help people through this. You know, I'm not a shaman. I'm not going to be. I, I'm just trying to be someone who's a face where people can trust because people don't trust scientists for some reason. Um, people don't trust politicians, and those are the people who have to come out for the decriminalization ever. But um, like I was telling you earlier, I'm dating a scientist now. Yeah. You know, and I'm dating a woman that's a little older than I am. She uh, chemist? She is. Well, right now, for the last almost 20 years, she's been doing uh, uh, skincare stuff. She's been How old are you? 35. She's so she's 10 years older than you? 47. She's 12. 12. Yeah. And that's solid. And she's so hot. It's yeah, kind of like stupid. That. Those tall Yugoslavian people are oh, you know, Serbian. Like I said, I got to keep you away from my wife, man. You I just, try to bone. Stay, stay out of the same zip code as my wife. <laughs> I try to bone ladies my age. It's kind of hard because I'm such a child. People, girls that are into me are usually like bing bong little of course. things. Ladies. Same here. But every now and then I do the tender thing when I go out of the city and I can get some. That's who. The, if I go to a place that isn't like a big city, then people my age will try and hit me up. But they're not fit. You mean physically not fit? Yeah, yeah. It's usually the same. My demographic is whenever I leave, I go to Canada or you I mean Texas and shit, I go on there. It's a bunch of chicks that are 47 to 55. And it's pretty rare that they're in shape. Oh, dude, you got to hang out where Ian lives or he'll yeah. come to Venice. Yeah, oh, yeah exactly. You got to either mean, come to the west side beaches of LA or, or the Orange County beaches. Everyone is fit. And That's you go to Bali, 40, 45-year-old, 53-year-old women who are slamming Yeah, I'm us. super into that. And, yeah. a, and, a, and it doesn't happen. Just, you just got to... Not be, hanging you out with the right no, group. you can't be at fight gyms. You got to be at this. And this is the thing. I started lifting weights for vanity when I started working at a gym called Lifetime. And I, yeah. I brought into... I was brought into Laguna Niguel? Yeah, I was yeah. brought in to teach martial arts and I, they turned me into a personal trainer and I was like, oh, you got me, okay. 
Uh, and I needed to just assimilate into real life and, and normal. And after a year, I realized, okay, I'm not normal. I don't really belong here as a to work here. I have other things to do. You know, our, our, the CBD lab that I'm invested in, my family's invested in, Elixir is what the company's called. We have the the world's first and only FDA and third party certified CBD lab Whoa. for BCS, BC, BSCG. Um, so shout out to Elixir. You know, and and that's. It's an amazing thing. You know, I'm doing a lot of cool stuff. I have to push that. I have to push. I'm trying to do stand-up comedy, which it's more or less therapy for me just because I, I know I'm going to You're talk staying about. busy. Yeah, and I know I'm, why. I'm it's because you're, if you're the highest level of MMA, it's really… I've been a pro skateboarder. I've had to retire and yeah. say goodbye to a, a person that I thought I was forever. Like, I am a skateboarder for life, but I'm not… That's not my job anymore. <laughs> and that was fucking crushing to deal with that. But I found… I can tell… <clears throat> You have to be, more, you have to be busy on a level that not everybody else has to be when they move on from a certain thing. Because I've I've had fights, I've raced cars, I've done a lot of sporty stuff, high pressure stuff, and fighting is the fucking gnarliest one by <laughs> far. Like yeah. a you know skateboard contest, mega ramp. <clears throat> I've been in mega ramp before where you, you know you go down some ninety foot rolling and you're doing stuff where you can get really hurt. Yeah. And I've been really, really nervous. But uh, I've had fights before where I'm like, oh my God, dude, this is this is a whole nother thing where that guy's like, I'll see you in, you know what I mean, two and a half months or something. And I'm like, okay. And then I think about it this whole time where it's you know, just one shot. It's all it's gonna take. One thing where I forget and I get hit and I get and to me, I feel like it's the same as you. I don't care about getting hurt. I care about losing. <coughs> yes. If I wake up, that means I lost. Yeah. So that it's is the worst thing ever. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> so, but the pressures of all that and how much work you have to put in to be as good as you were, that's so much commitment. And then to not do that, your life that you have now, it sounds in insane, but it makes perfect sense to me because it's so busy and so dedicated because that's the way you have to be for the rest of your life. I worry about, because I feel like you've moved on and you're doing your thing. The next one is when you get real old. I worry about that one. Because like, I feel like all of a sudden these days, I've, I, I might actually be old. I might live until I'm older. And I'm like, okay, well then what are you going to do when you're 70? You know, I'm not going to just sit there. I'm going to yeah. either go batshit crazy or I'm going to figure out a way to do 70-year-old high-level shit. Dude, but 70-year-old yeah. guys nowadays are not like 70-year-old guys even just 20 years ago. No. It's very realistic that you could be a 70-year-old guy doing stand-up paddleboard competitions and, and rolling jiu-jitsu. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm like It's very experiment. realistic. I, do well, what? I'm a science experiment with all the peptides and all the plant medicine and they really work you're, you're oh dude for sure back in it i'm a fucking savage now I, and of course the 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 multitasking of fighting at the level that i did my whole life that's all i ever wanted to do i did it i accomplished it best in the world got to you know see all this crazy stuff like uh i was at the 30 for 30 for chuck versus tito and i, I remember being i was a ringside for all that yeah like you know those chuck's one of my best friends like i i got to see the world change and be a part of it but fuck that. I mean, before Cejudo beat him, you easily gave Demetrius Johnson the best fight he had. He, yep. The yeah, biggest test but he you ever know had. My, as much as I gave to that sport and what I was able to accomplish, the sport was not good to me. And it was my own fault. I was going to say, the sport or the, the, 
the world that you entered because through the sport. Yes, the world yeah. I entered through the sport. But being a martial artist, I'm finally back to wanting to coach and right. go get you know my black belt and everything, which I've been smoking black belts for a long time. I need the actual accolade because uh, the big shiny gold belt doesn't matter anymore. That's right. all that mattered to me for a long time. And, and that evaded me for so long after I actually got it on a lower level and was brought into the UFC. Um, but now it's just about kind of making sure that person's dead. Because even as of a few nights ago, I was like, oh, I got a bunch of shit figured out. I was in Bali, like the drunken Buddha, you know, giving all these young ladies lessons about love and sex because they were asking questions about, you know, group sex and what do we do about this and I want to try this but that and I was like well you know I'm, uh, and, I was, and then I get home and I realize oh I don't know shit I took that dose and I was like oh I'm so weak like I thought I had so much going for me for a second and I was like no this just that's the thing with those when you get cocky like I had recently done with all this I had I finally came home and, and was got a good kick in the face from it that's a really that's a really good point, and I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, I I think that's really important for people to hear, regardless of what the whether it's an addiction or an illness that you you're you're dealing with that you're battling with, um, I, you know that's a that's an important thing to impart to people because you know I certainly dealt with it maybe six five six years into my sobriety, where I just got I got overconfident and cocky complacent. and and lethargic and complacent and you know when I'm resting on my laurels addictions in the other room hitting the heavy bag, you know, yeah. doing interval sprints and stuff, you know, yeah. it, it's, it doesn't rest, you know, addiction doesn't rest. So like, it's those moments when you, when you just get, you get cocky and, and overconfidence breeds incompetence, you know, when it comes to doing that battle. It's the whole dark versus light thing. The dark is whatever you want to make it. The light is, you know, the positive energy that, I mean, you can learn so much from the dark. That's what people don't understand. It's not a bad thing. It's something to learn from. Sure. You know, the obstacle is the way it's a book I just read and it was incredible, but you have to keep the momentum swing going because you realize, oh, I thought the other, the other night, I was like, I'm going to wipe out all the darkness and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, since I have the scientist with me, she's like, mm, mm -hmm. well, what about this? And going through the integration process, the psychology process, she's learning to do and teach and do it all. She's helped me, you know, and, and, you know, we're on nine grams of mushrooms, but she can still keep it together and put me through this. And I'm like, oh, should I realize that like you... This, this whole darkness thing is no, it doesn't go away. Whether you want to be woo-woo and say, oh, it's the universe and the light emanates so much more. Yeah, but the universe is, is, is forever. It goes the on. The darkness kicks on. ass. <clears throat> it is. And I, I, the, the I live in the dark. The, the power <laughs> from the darkness, man. Yeah. I got mad energy from the darkness that I exactly. can still pull from there. And sometimes it bites me because I use it when I shouldn't be using it. But all in all... It's way better than it ever has been. I'm still sorry to everybody that I've ever used it in an improper manner to. And I'll still, and now I'll apologize. Sometimes I'll stop it right before it happens. But it's still a thing that I never want to lose. No. Like I've sometimes if I have to sit in it, <clears throat> I kind of know now. You know, it's still not helping anybody, but I can be like, look, I'm. Were you born in you the You don't want to fucking do this. Were right you now. molded by it? <coughs> were I what? <laughs> so were you born in the dark? Were you molded by it? Like Bane? Yeah, no, not exactly. I wish it was more glamorous than that, but kind of. <laughs> I will be a reckoning. <laughs> I was haunted by somebody. The Bane of sex addiction. You, you know, know, you got sex addiction, you think? Oh, for sure. Do you think I do? I'm sure you do. What? I mean, do you think he does? I think he's, I mean, he's capable of. Maybe he has. I think I do. I mean, you yeah, have yeah. sex addiction. For sure you do. Yeah. So yeah. if he has it, so... Because I, I mean, I look, I I do everything I can to be faithful, and I am, 
And, he jerks um, off in between. But I, if he goes to yoga, he has to stop halfway through yoga to go to the bathroom and jerk off. For sure, he has to. And and probably about 75% of the time that I go to just a regular gym, I have to beat off while I'm there, too. Beat off. Okay. You know, I definitely have a, a very serious problem regulating my sexual Deregulation. Yeah. When we lift weights, on. he is more blown away by the girls that walk by than anybody in the gym. Oh, I definitely don't want... I don't know if I can bring it a lifetime now. <laughs> no. Dude, He, he does crazy. a certain thing where I can feel his... Uh, I don't know what it is, but I can, feel, his, I can feel him change. The energy shift. I feel an energy <laughs> shift. I've lifted weights before where I know that I am now finding it way more difficult to lift this weight because I know that he is locked in on something. <laughs> <laughs> and he wants me to see it because he saw it. And I'm like, I've got to just finish this rap. <laughs> and then I'll fucking acknowledge this chick that you saw that you've probably seen like five times. Doesn't so, matter. Yeah, yeah. They're just, they're so beautiful. I know. See, I don't think it's, it's that crazy. much. I, 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 what I do is yeah, I, sometimes I slip, but most of the time it's pretty controlled. I have people, like I told you, the eyebrow guy. Yeah. It's pretty controlled. Like he's a safe guy. He's the king of eyebrows in in Los Angeles. He has a his own house, but it's you know it's like an all it's a really nice house. He's rich as fuck, and he has a glory hole in the in this back room that he's made his own. He made his own. It's got handles on it, so you can hold on up here. Fuck the wall. Yeah, <clears throat> and he's really good at it. Like I've never. It's it's so good at blowing or good at eyebrows. Good at blowing. He's, oh yeah. I mean, I, he must be really good at eyebrows too, but. Because I've known him for a while, because I have I have regulars. That's why I don't, you know, I can trust people. So it's like you go, you know, halfway through yoga. Well, on the way to work, I go to Glory Hall's house and yeah, pump on in the door, and blow, yeah. no harm is done by anybody. <laughs> Your fucking face is so fucked up. Stop. <laughs> but the yesterday, because I'm having this eyebrow thing, I I dyed my fucking. I dyed my eyebrows black and my mustache, and it looks so bad. I shave my mustache off, but I think I'm going to dye my. I think I'm going to shave my eyebrows off again. But then I thought, wait a minute, glory hole guy is the king of all eyebrows, and I only use him. You, you only, I mean, you only use hole? his mouth. Yeah. So this time, when I finished, usually when I finish, you know, I say thanks, and he goes cool, you know, and then he stays in the in the hole. But this time, stay in the hole. I don't say stay in the hole. He stays in the hole. That's his thing. He or that. If he comes out of the hole, he has a mask on, he like Bane. Yeah, he won't show me. He, there's never a face. Every time he's the Bane of Glory. We has, he has like we have like four or five different scenarios because he has like a dentist chair and shit. Right. And he and he wears like lingerie and a mask. Fuck yeah. He always wears a mask. Yeah. I kind of want to hang with this guy. I was yeah, just thinking, awesome. I kind of I want to come check this out. He's a good like guy. The, fuck it. But. If you come, you, that's going to be weird. If I just watch? Yeah. I mean, you're not gay. So I get, and and you're, true, and you're a friend. And that sort of, that changes my dick coming out. <coughs> okay. Well, what I have if, a weird if, dynamic with that. What if Ian and I come, but you don't get blown? Like just other dudes are getting blown. Like, can we just come witness as long as your dick doesn't come out? Oh, like all three of us watch him blow a guy in the hole? Yeah, because I just want to be a part of that. How I frustrating wanna... would that be for him, though? He couldn't get his, you know. I'll get it later. It's not yeah, and Jason will just fucking have seven girls lick his asshole when he gets home. Don't it's worry about it. It's not seven. It's weird. It's just one or <laughs> anyway. two. Anyway. <laughs> Only one can fit, fit back there at once. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> You'd but be surprised. I go, 
I go, hey, man. Jason's asshole is like a, like a Mexican's car. <laughs> Just be surprised how many people you can jam in there. Yeah. It's all about where you can get your legs, really. <laughs> <laughs> if you can get them completely out of the way, everybody can get in there. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I put my fucking pants back on and I go, hey, man, can I ask you a question? And it's such a weird thing because I don't ever say anything. It's sort of, it's part of the whole thing is you do, you come in like you don't, like he doesn't know you kind of thing. You pretend that, you know? Mm -hmm. So I go, uh, I'll put my pants on and he's finishing behind the door. I forgot to add that. I can hear him finishing. So then I know that he's finished. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, hey man, can I ask you a question? And he's like, yeah, sure. I'm like, so... I dyed my eyebrows. He's, uh, I shaved my eyebrows and then I dyed it black. He's like, yeah, I've seen that because you know, fo he follows me on Instagram. So he, I go, yeah. And then I dyed him black and I don't really want him to be black. And I'm thinking about shaving him off again. And he's like, well, you could dye him. He's like, you could dye him back, but you'd have to watch it because it could turn orange. And I was like, well, that, I thought to myself, that might not be a bad idea because I'm thinking about becoming Peter Pan sexual. Yes. And Peter Pan sexual is a redhead. Pretty sick. Yeah. I like that. So, but then he he texts me the exact stuff to get. And it was pretty technical on how to get my eyebrows back to its original color. And I thought, this is actually a pretty good relate. I, I, I really like this guy. And it's weird because we've never talked without a mask on. I've never seen his face talk. I have seen him on TV because he's huge. He's like really good with eyebrows. I refuse to believe. My wife showed, like, <clears throat> I Googled him, found him. And I refuse to believe that the ruler of eyebrows is not some chola in, like, East, you know, in, like, El Monte. She doesn't want to you sell know? out. Yeah, that's true. That's true. She's keeping it real. She, she She's keeping oh, you it real. think there's a, well, he has an eyebrow, he has eyebrow, I'm not going to say, but he has an eyebrow license plate. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. I, he's the brow man. Yeah. <laughs> um, you don't get, like, <laughs> how many, how many nice cars have eyebrow license plates that's in LA? A, yeah, not, that's true. Oh, wait, you think a lot? No. No. That's Probably what I'm not. saying. This guy's the king of brow. Maybe there's like an Armenian dude That's with like true. a like One a brow? sick uni brow, and he has you know his license plate is like brow if bro. <laughs> if he does eyebrows like he sucks dick, it must be a sensational <laughs> eyebrow. <laughs> but you guys are talking about like the dark side, you know, and you know, you both of you are really good people to kind of open up about that because I think, especially Americans, modern Americans, we have such a fear of negativity and darkness and struggle. But the reality is, is like Ryan Holiday wrote in The Obstacle is the Way, which is a really good book, and I'm glad you brought it up. It's like, that's where you learn. That's yeah. where you learn. Like Conor McGregor said, he's like, either I win or I learn. Yeah. That's the way I look at, you know, my fighting. And I remember Hickson, back before um, Crone started like his MMA career, Hickson used to come in and teach a lot of classes too. And one time it was just him and I. It was very strange. It was a really awesome experience, but a very strange one where it was just intimidating. Me yeah, yeah, because he's like a samurai, yeah. you know. It's like it's Higgs and Gracie. And we were, I was talking about how 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 much I'm struggling. I'm at that point where it's like I don't feel like I'm getting any better. And even people who are way worse than me seem to be able to control me and tap me and all. And he said, uh, "You have to understand. There's never been a good sailor who learned who learned how to sail on a smooth sea." And I was like, "Oh, damn, damn, Higgs." He is a Sam. Damn, Hickson. Yeah, wow. But he's right. You know, it, it, like it's, 
you don't when things are going really well you don't you never get any better you never learn you never are tested and that it's when shit really is is really dark that's, what do you think that old man learned when conor mcgregor punched him in the face because he lost that fight he lost that <laughs> fight. <laughs> i think that old man learned that he got himself a nice three four million dollar check right. yeah, he's okay. like that's oh, yeah. pretty sweet well, Vinny pass has the best the rapper or i don't know maybe he, where he got it from who what Vinny Paz, the rapper, you know who that is? Uh -oh. Hezienza. He's just a, a East Coast Philly rapper. Uh, he sounds like a like a 1970s Italian boxer. Well, well, he, he, <laughs> hey, I'm Vinny Paz. The, the same name. Yeah. So he goes, uh, you know, pressure does two things. It bursts pipes or it creates diamonds. And, you know, don't don't be a burst pipe. Yeah. You know, like it's okay. It's just it's just the obstacle, as the book says. It's not good nor bad. It's just an obstacle. Figure out how to use it for the betterment of yourself. Jocko Wilnick uh, often talks about that too. Yeah. You know, he, 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 obviously in much higher stakes, he's referring to battle. But yeah, he said, when things when things go when things would go sour, and I, I would just say, you know, instead of panicking, I would say, thank you, thank you very much for get, for providing me this gift yeah. for me to learn and to struggle and to and to get better. And, and you know, it's, it's a lot, I mean, uh, obviously it sounds a little bit corny, but there, it's true. You know, it's true when you when you get to that point. Um, that's where you can either change your perspective on it. I feel like that's a lot with, with like your plant medicines too, is like it's been able to let you, the narrator of your story, step back a little bit yes. and be a little bit more objective about what's going on in your life as opposed to just drowning in the sorrow and the negativity and the... When you, you get to a, a certain level where you like, you look down on things and you go like, what? This is not going to make me react in any way, shape or form. And I try and stress that to my kid, you know, I'm like, look at, why would you react negatively to anything? Yes, it might, you might feel something, but don't, don't put it outward on anyone else. Just yeah. deal with the situation. You got to analyze it. You got to sit there and stare at it. And she's only eight, so it's kind of hard, but she, you know, she's, she's homeschooled. So I get to get to teach her a lot of stuff. And I, I just try and stress like, look at, it's just a situation. It happened. Okay. No matter what, it's not going to change because it already happened. So let's figure it out. Before we react to it, you know? It's like when this guy made fun of me at the airport the other day for having pink socks. And he said, can I get a cigarette? And I was like, I didn't even say anything. Because I'm like, what? I don't have cigarettes. And then he was like, nice pink socks. And then I gave him the finger. And then he came in the airport and he was like, your fruitcake? And I, and I went. Jesus. I thought. Because was, he wasn't like a small guy. But he was gonna, you know, I mean, he was, he was gonna, gonna get, he was gonna off. lose for yeah. sure. Yeah, you were gonna pistol with him. Yeah, and um, and um, and I and I went, and I I went, oh, oh man, you fuck with the wrong. And then I'm like, shut up, yeah. get on the plane, you fucking idiot. And then I checked in and thought about it when I was checking in, like, yeah, you know, give my give my ticket, and I took my ticket, and then I walked past and I looked out the window, and he wasn't looking. He was out on the curb, didn't turn around. And I'm like, don't, 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 you know, gave the lady the thing, let me go and TSA. I went up the escalator looking back at him like, and then I, I laugh at myself. I told this on the radio show. I laugh at how pathetic I am. Like to actually think that you were going to punch a man in the face because he called you a fruitcake because of your pink socks. <laughs> You actually had to have an argument with yourself for like ten minutes. I don't think that's pathetic. I think no, no, it's I think ridiculous. It's I think it's a sign of how much you've grown. Yeah. Is you, that you had the, the devil and the angel on your shoulder, and you you're you're at the point where you're letting the angel win. Where you're like, this is insane. Uh, what am I going to do? Get a broken fist, a trip to jail, or both? Yeah, and for, for 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 nothing. You know? Eventually, you'll get to the point where that happens, and you just like you don't even hear it, or you look and you smile at them, like okay. 
You know? I wish I could do better. I really do. You, I, I you, you are like doing just, better. That's the thing. That's yeah, the I just wish I had an, 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 an immediate click of that. I got one for you. How? Just give you a big nine gram dose of psilocybin. <laughs> <laughs> Jason's drooling six, on himself. Six hours. I don't even care. Wait, <laughs> do I have to do that every day to not no, flip no, no, out? No, 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 no. It's just, <clears throat> just, I don't know. Just one time I'll do it and I'll be fine. No, but you know. It's It'll worth, help. It'll start. to start the process. Can you die from you. doing that? Nope. No. No. No way, right? I don't think Can't it's die. ever any recorded history. Oh, for sure. We come we, back alive. We, we could do it on the, you might think you, like, I've had people wake up and go, I'm alive. I'm like, yeah, buddy, you're alive. But we could go to the to the Indian reservation. We could do it at my house, your house. We could go anywhere you want to go. The nature, a science lab. Like I said, I have a scientist. It's awesome. Um, so yeah, we could figure out all the stuff. It'd, it'd be good for you. I'm telling you. That'd all be right. a great podcast. All right. yeah. Well, let's do that. Nine, nine grams and Jason on the air. I'll yes. do that. Set uh, it up. Done. We got to take right. a real quick break. We are here with a medicine man. A uh, a a guy who is in a awesome transitional period. That's very nice to see. A former UFC fighter. His name is Ian McCall. You probably know him best as Uncle Creepy. We will be right back on the High and Dry podcast. Hey everybody, Jason Ellis here, reminding you that we have sponsors. And are you groaning right now? Are you <laughs> sad about it? We're hungry. <laughs> But uh, in case you didn't know, we're sponsored by by Outlaw Energy. And Outlaw Energy is a new energy drink that is actually kind of good for you. It's Isn't got it? yerba mate in it. So you know it's good. It's yerba all mate natural. for those of you who aren't from Australia. But Jason's right. Katie, what does it have in it? It's all natural caffeine blend of coffee fruit, yerba mate, ginseng, and guarana. I might be slaughtering that, but that, that's as well as I can pronounce it. They also use pure cane sugar in their sugary drinks, but they have sugar-free too, which I personally really enjoy. And they add electrolytes in it to keep you hydrated. One can is 200 milligrams of caffeine, which is like two cups of coffee. And I really appreciate that, as Katie pointed out, the sugar-free is not like a lot of other energy drinks that are sugar-free, but they also have like 10, maybe 20 calories of some other weird artificial sweetener in it. This is legitimate, zero-calorie, sugar-free, ready for you to drink if you're not into the sugar, which is quite moderate, by the way. In the regular Outlaw Energy drink, it's only like 45 calories per serving, plus electrolytes on a hot day, on a uh, uh, before a big, grueling workout, before, before, you got a radio a show. before you got a long day at work. It gives you everything you need. The caffeine for the nice jolt, the nice pick-me-up, the electrolytes to keep you hydrated, and... They all taste great. Am I am I shitting you? Super and, tasty. And they are the number one sponsor of Alice Mania 19. And the reason that it's going to be so awesome is because they're helping us try to make Alice fam have the best time possible. So I am very appreciative of them existing in my life. It's a great company. We're really, 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 really happy that they sponsor not only Ellis Mania, but the High and Dry podcast. Yeah. Um, they, they make our life great, and they should be making your life great as well. Because, look, it's a saturated market. We know. We're not, we're not blind to this. There's a lot of energy drinks out there. I'm a big fan, and I really sincerely believe that if you choose Outlaw Energy, you are going to make the right choice. It is the best product on the market. If in you want to know opinion. where to go, I just realized, it might, if you don't have it in the store, just go to their website, and then you can order it from them. be way cheaper, and they'll send it straight to your house. You got a code? Uh, yeah, the code is Alice Mate. Alice Mate is the code, I think. And, uh, what else? Yeah. No, Alice Mate is the code. What about Outlaw? 
did something else. Did oh, they... the website. It's the only place that you'll be able to buy Alice Mania 19 tickets. So you might want to check that website out anyway. There you go. There it is. Ally Energy. So oh, a week ago Friday, I was um, driving um, our babysitter home because my wife and I went on a date. And it was a uh, Friday night and I, I take her home and she lives on like kind of the other side of Santa Monica and I'm driving back to Venice to our house. I'm on Lincoln and I'm turning right onto Rose Avenue. So I'm turning right in the right-hand turn lane on a, on a red light. So obviously I have to turn to my left to look to see if cars are coming, right? Yeah. And I'm turning, I'm looking and all of a sudden I see a truck just fucking hit a dude. Oh. Hard. Hit him so hard. He flies through the air. His shoes fly off. And it was, I was like, oh my God, like my brain couldn't process it, you know? Yeah. So I uh, pull into the intersection, uh, pull into the next street, put my car in park and I run over and a couple other dudes had come over from a, the, across the other side of the street and they're down talking to the guy. I'm like, oh my God, are you okay? Are you okay? And he's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm totally fine. And I'm trying to help him up. And the guy who drive, is driving the truck that hit him is standing there just like, in. I'm like, dude. What are you doing? And he's like, uh, "What? What?" I'm like, "Call the call the ambulance! Call the ambulance!" The guy who got hit, and I'm telling you, got hit so hard he caught three three feet of air. <laughs> goes, "I'm good. No, <clears throat> don't call the ambulance. I'm fine." He stands up with uh, pushes us away. Stands up, runs and gets his shoes, and then runs across the street to get away from us. I run after him. I put my arm around him, like, "Dude." I think you need medical help. Did he put his shoes back on? Yeah, no, he's holding him in his right hand. Oh, and, he's, and I'm like, he's like, dude, I, I, I'm like, dude, I think you need medical help. I really do. Did he have his shoelaces tied? I could not tell. I mean, how? <clears throat> it's a big hit for your shoes to come off. I know. Crystal meth is. They were they were old school like uh, skate shoes, like like DVSs or something. So maybe he just had them loosely tied and they flew off. Okay. You know? Yeah, yeah. But whenever the shoes come off, it's a bad sign. Like my friend got hit in the face with a two by four in college. Shoes came off. Yeah, it's a bad. And wow. Jake Brown, Jake Brown, when a he, friend of mine fucked up on the mega ramp. Oh yeah, landed on the ground so hard his shoes came Boom. off. Boom, they right. shot off too. That was heavy. <clears throat> he was like forty feet in the air. So he he's walking away from me, and I'm, I'm I got my arm around him. I'm like trying to stop him. I'm like I think you need to let me call the ambulance. He's like honestly, I'm okay, fully lucid, not like slurring, not like eyes bonkers or anything. He's like honestly, I, I'm okay. I just want to I just want to leave. Walks away and walks into the Whole Foods. So I was like, oh well, that was a crazy situation. Didn't think anything of it. Get in my car, I drive home, I tell my wife, and she's like, oh, that's that's insane, it's crazy. Week goes by, I go to Seattle for Thanksgiving, I come home yesterday, my wife's on next door, which is like a community info sharing thing, and which is a big deal in Venice because there's a lot of like homeless, and so there's a lot of thievery and stuff, so you're always putting up like, my daughter's bike is an aqua blue bike, it got stolen, and keep your eye out. You know, there's a lot of people are real into next door. My wife's on next door, and this lady posts, my husband got hit by a pickup truck in Venice last Friday, uh, and he walked away from it, and uh, he just passed away. His spleen ruptured. He, oh, he no. And Heavy. so I go, oh, my God. And my wife's like, isn't this the guy? I said, it's 100% the guy. So I emailed the email that was on there. She said, yeah, I, I, I just keep wondering what would happen if he would have gotten medical attention. I feel like he could have saved his life. And I said, I'm so sorry. I really, I, oh my God, I, I feel Mike. terrible, but I, I tried so hard to get it. And your husband was very lucid and he said he didn't want anything to do with it. And she said, I know, I know he was, uh, uh, I'm, uh, there's no, no one to blame here. Because but, he came home and still didn't want right. medical attention. But um, oh. the, um, so she <clears throat> was with him at home when 
He didn't yep. get medical Apparently, attention. he went into Whole Foods. The Whole Foods people said, you need to get medical attention. He refused. Went home. His wife came and picked him up. She, they got home, and he just passed out, and that, he never woke up. Oh. And so his spleen exploded. Yeah. Why do you think a guy that isn't a criminal and wasn't on the run refuses? Can you get hit? Maybe yeah. he got his head hit, and two, he was— yeah. Two things that play here. He, one of two things. In my opinion, he had a warrant out. Yeah. And he didn't want anything to do it, or he didn't have insurance. And he's like, fuck that. Maybe he hit his head. Oh, okay, because I could do the insurance thing. One time I was in a contest in somewhere in the fucking East Coast, and I was doing real good too. I was the first time I, I was qualified to be in the street contest. I made the top 10 for a street contest, and Muska was in it. So it was nice. like pretty cool. And uh, I had a ride that was potentially going to win me this vert contest. Uh, you know, I had a backslide 540 and a tower grab 540 in the same ride. And first ride in the in the finals, I uh, over rotated on the tower grab five forty, and when my I fell backwards and my hand went back and I shattered my wrist and and got knocked out, and I woke up and they were gonna try and take me you know in this medical crew and I woke up with the fucking face mask on, the oxygen mask, and they're like we're gonna you know ambulance to hospital and I was like uh uh-uh, uh because that was when I was still. Um, you know, I was pro, but I think I just didn't have, I didn't have insurance for that stuff. And I was well aware of being a foreigner in America and knowing everyone said, dude, you know I mean? If you get an ambulance, you're going to pay so much money. So I remember saying, I'm not going to do that. And, uh, I had to sign something to let him let me go. And then I ta- I taped my wrist with duct tape under the ramp, screaming, so to, manly. To make it a cast. It's so weird to look back. I would never do that now. But I just thought, and it didn't even work. I taped it up and I went up on the deck and I waited for me to have my second ride. And then I dropped in and I did a couple of tricks, not realizing that one of the things that was going to win me the contest was to do a tail grab 540, which involved my right hand holding the tail of my board so hard while I spin 540 that it stays on my feet. It wasn't working anymore, and I was well aware of that. So I, my ride consisted of everything changed to not as good. So I did backside 540, <coughs> and then when I, I did a lip slide, this is skateboard shit, but as soon as I came back in, my hand was, as I came down the ramp, my hand went, <laughs> and it, 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 the, pre, the pressure of going down the ramp, I just forgot about this, and it went, and it made this crumbling sound. And my legs just gave out and I skidded across the side of the ramp. And I was like, oh my God, okay, I'll go, I'll go. And then someone drove me and then it was, uh, they thought that I I crushed it. They thought, no, I dislocated it. And they put these metal sock things on my fingers and a weight on my bicep and they were pulling on it. And they gave me uh, morphine. Sick. Yeah, so they were pulling on it. And then a nurse comes in. They've been pulling on it for like five minutes, dude. And nurse comes in and goes, stop, stop, stop pulling on it. We just got the x-ray. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? I'd broken enough. I'd broken like 20 bones by then. I'm like, what do you mean? You you don't, you get the x-ray now? And they're like, yeah, you're, I guess my, uh, my wrist snapped and span around and it broke the bones in my hand as oh, well. Sounds like fun. And they were just <laughs> yanking on it. And then I got all these weird painkillers. And they gave me a half cast because I had to have I had to go to Santa Barbara to see a hand surgeon to get all this weird shit done to me, and then that and then that escalated into 
they had the I'm a moron. They had the cast all the way up, and he did all the he put all these pins in there, and all this shit made it all good. And then I had the cast up to here, and then I cut my cast down to here because there was a contest in three weeks. So <laughs> I went into contest with a fucking half cast with all these pins in my hand. And in practice, I didn't even really think about it at the time, but in practice, I I slammed and fucking hit this on the ground hard. Like I was like, whap! And I was like, oh! And I went, oh, my hands are moving, my fingers are moving, oh, should be all right. And then did the contest, and then two days later, I used to, this is before I uh, dislocated on my shoulders so much, but I used to sleep on my stomach with my hands under the pillow. That's like how I like to sleep. And I woke up in the middle of the night, and I was like, I'm like, what the fuck is that smell? And it's my hand. Uh-oh. And I'm like, why is my hand? And I'm like, something's up, man. Something's wrong. And I lived in Huntington Beach, and I drove my truck from Huntington Beach to Santa Barbara called the hand surgeon saying there's something up, and then it started to ache real bad on the way there. And then I was I remember it was aching so bad that you start to do the back and forth thing. Like, oh, yeah. like I was like, I'm going a little bit insane because it's traffic, it's been hours. And then I get in there, you know, I'm in so much pain and this thing's stinking. And I'm like, I'm here to see the doctor. And they're like, yeah, well, you know, sit down. I'm like, oh, you know, no, I, you know, kind of need to see him now. It's pretty hurt. They're like, no, nope, you'll sit down. He'll come and see you when he's ready. And then finally they call me. And I walk in and he doesn't say shit to me. He's like, he sees the half cast and he's like, go in there. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. And then he comes in with that angle grinder thing and he's like, and he fucking cut me on my arm, both sides. Like it was angry at me and ripped the cast off. And there was all this meat, a pin had come out and it would span around and all this meat had come out and it was like rotting. Oh, inf on the, infections are great. Inside my gut. <laughs> And he just he just grabbed pliers and went woo, and that's when he said, uh, like a few more minutes later, that he's like, "Do you know how many golf players I get in here?" And I was like, "No, how many?" He's like, "None, nobody." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay." <laughs> and he he just didn't like me at all. He was so offended. And then put on another. He took the pins out, another cast, and antibiotics, no problem. That yeah, it's, it's probably true. Like medical professionals who deal with like broken bones and injuries, they hate people who are reckless with their body. They or, hate, you know, I, I went to see, and I'm not even like, like I'm some crazy, uh, I'm not in any way like you or you, you know, with professional skateboarding or, or MMA. But I go in there because I, I fucked my knee up doing jujitsu. I got a leg lock and I tried to be macho and didn't tap and, and it sure enough fucked my knee up. <laughs> so I go and I go see this orthopedic surgeon. <clears throat> And he was like, why, why do you do this? What is, what is, what is the goal? I'm like, what do you mean? What is it? I, I enjoy it. I don't know. But he was so disdainful. Well, that's to, like, because he's the opposite of yeah. thrill seeking. I get those people. I've, I've talked to them my whole life. You also can't tell doctors or nurses what your injury is because they get offended by that too. Yeah. No, 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 no. See, my, my surgeon, he deals with all fighters. He's done my family. Okay, my, that's my different when you got a, when you've got a guy that you know, but when you go to the ER course, with a course. broken, like if you've dislocated your shoulder and you tell them it's dislocated or you go, it's separated, they're like, you don't know that. And I'm like, well, this is like Check the seventh happens a lot. time. Yeah. I've, yeah. It's for sure. But why? <laughs> yeah, Because yeah. I like it. It's and weird. Do you, you don't really like it, do you? <clears throat> no, I know. I was, I was, I was tortured my whole career. That's why I'm so happy it's over. 
People are like, you gonna you gonna come back? I'm like, no. Are you gonna try bare knuckle boxing? I'm like, fuck you. I know, right? That's just the thing that everyone's gonna ridiculous. Ask. I'm a I'm a businessman <coughs> and a consultant now. I don't have to do this kind of shit. Do you but it's people anymore? No, I I don't even train really right now. I'm I need to get back into it, but I don't want to spar. No, I'll, I'll do jujitsu. Like I said, I need to go get my my brown. But I'm not even a brown belt. And my coach the other day was like, hey. Just come in and give me two months, and then I'll give you your brown belt. Whatever. Isn't Dominic Cruz a white belt or something? Yeah, but he's not that good. There's guys that are there's guys that are so advanced at wrestling, you, especially wrestling for MMA. They're so advanced at it that they don't even need to be that good at jujitsu. You know, yeah, like yeah, when it, when we have a, when a wrestling coach like Daryl Christians. Like it's all about nullifying jujitsu, and yeah. that's what I've done my whole game. Okay, like, that yeah. guy, um, Nikki Mart, I think his name's Nikki Martinez. I don't know. He just went as a blue belt. He went and no, got Ro Rodriguez. Nikki Rod Rodriguez, Rod yeah. He's a stud. He, as a blue belt, he went and got silver at Abu Dhabi. Yeah, against the greatest jujitsu fighters on the planet. But it, it's and he's about, just such a good wrestler. It's about know? putting in the time because yeah. again, I've had world class coaches my whole life. Yeah, I just need to go do the work and start teaching more so I can get my black belt because. They look at me and go, so you can tap out black belts. Good for you. Like, yeah. Get in the room. Well, that's a different thing, though. I mean, I, I, I kind of wanted to touch on that because a lot of people, especially outside of Southern California, probably don't understand. South County, South Orange County, it's not like the Bronx or, or Boston, <laughs> yeah. South Boston, where you, you're like, oh, there's a lot of tough fuckers there. It's this beautiful mansions and beachside, but it's, dude. Fighters. I grew up live in a house there. on the beach, you know, and everyone's like, "You can't be this tough person from a good family and, and come up with money and blah blah blah." Yeah. And I just in the back room raising my hand, I'm like, especially <laughs> especially late nineties, early two thousands, South Orange County. All those dudes did was fuck people up. That was all my friends. We were we were we were assholes back then, yeah. and that was from a Sierra young age. Beating people up on the street. <laughs> Oh, we were beating up. I was beating up grown men at the beach at 15 years old. I was also robbing drug dealers at that age. Because we thing were for dangerous. You to do. Why? Why were you so angry? You nobody fucked with you when you were a kid. You saying your parents are wealthy? Did they like oh, my love you? My parents were great. Or were they, they super busy working? Or something? no? They they for how how busy they were. They they put they. So they were super busy. So you would say no, no, maybe but, you weren't. But you no, weren't paid attention to. They would. Sh they were. They were around for all like the sporting events and the big things, but like. But why beat up a bunch of people? Why were you so angry? It was the culture. I, I, dude. It was the culture. It was the beach culture. Everybody oh, hey. was. Everybody was doing it. Yeah, there's yeah, a, there's a Taco guys. Bell, a specific Taco Bell, Del and Taco. A, oh, Del Taco, and, and they called Del. it Fight Taco. That's well, and I I grew up in Pasadena. I'm 55 miles away, and I knew there's a specific fucking Taco Bell and a specific In and Out where you go, yeah. and on Saturday or Friday night there are dudes fighting there. And you had a wrestling background, right? Well, I started doing martial arts when I was four. Right, you know, so you, were, you always had an upper hand. Oh, it was unfair. You know, like I said, I was beating up grown men. We would go to San Diego to the colleges, or we would go to Santa Barbara or wherever, and just beat up college See, dudes. I'm the opposite with that. I got beat up. Yeah. So I don't. I, I people. It's, you know what? My coach at uh, Saxon's Muay Thai, Julio. I love him, but he said to me, "I think I've been training there for about a year." And he pulled me aside one time, and he goes, "In school, you're the bully, right?" And I was like, "What?" He's like, you're the bully. And I'm like, nah, man. Like, I got the shit beat out. I was a smart ass and I got some chicks <laughs> and I got and I got myself beat up. I remember I was famous for getting beat up in the cricket nets for a whole lunch break. <laughs> I was just in a bowl and everybody was kicking me. That was my fucking claim to fame. It's in cool. the cricket was, nets. Yeah, it's yeah. so Australian. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I was in the cricket nets. I didn't I fucking took 
good good head blocks with no MMA treat with no MMA background. Took a lot of body shots, but oh. I managed to keep like foots away from my face most of it. So I did pretty good, I thought. But I was not a guy that won. I did not win. I feel like there was a time where I got super my dad used to beat people up. Violence was around me, but it was in a way where I just saw people get so hurt so quick. Seen people's teeth on the ground with one punch when I was a kid, and I just thought, I don't want to be a part of that, yeah. you know? I might have beat up one of my mum's boyfriends with nunchuckers, but that's because she pushed he pushed her over and I lost it. Yeah, we were just uh we were wild kids and we had no recourse. Do you, you feel know? like doing that now? No, I'm so happy that's over. I, I'm I'm so and it's only been a year and a half since I retired, but when I you, feel so much better. When you turned pro, were you still potentially a guy that would beat somebody up at the beach? Oh, until I was until I was twenty five or so. I mean, I went to rehab the second time, went to jail, went to rehab and got out and I was like, okay. What'd you go to jail for? Um I mean for beating up a taxi cab driver, but it was more Dude. I was on drugs. Yeah, I was I know, but just crazy. to know that it's you just don't seem like that guy at all. Because that's done. I it's finally Did over. Did you have a different temperament when I if I had talked to you ten years ago? Oh, for sure. And because when you're like a you fighter, seem pretty relaxed. For me, it was I, I had to be cocky. I had to have a chip on my shoulder. I yeah. had to constantly be like, "What? What are you looking at?" You know, kind of thing. And it was, it wasn't. I'm again. It, I was tortured by it. It, yeah. it made me crazy and made me someone I'm not proud of. I don't like that person. I want to stay as far away from that person as possible nowadays. Yeah. And. Um, you know, sure, I I still am a little... I'm always going to be cocky because I'm but still a peacock. Can you identify the thing that made you, besides just the group mentality, where you thought beating the shit out of everybody is it's that quick of an option? I am trying to figure out what has been the catalyst. So you haven't put your hand... You haven't got your finger on it yet? No, because, again, I, when I look back at my life, I'm like, oh, my life was perfect. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. But it wasn't. I know that. Nobody's and, was. And I'm trying to figure out what it was that was... Why I, I looked so much in myself when, you know, there's even things like, uh, you know, collective trauma. Like, you know, Nazis going through or, or, or Jews going through the whole Nazi thing or, you know, that, that sort of thing that goes back from... Are like, you Jewish? No. But I'm just saying that there's maybe there was something back epigenetically way back that made me be yeah. this person. I don't know. And that's I'm, a, that, I'm, that's and a I'm, great that's a great uh, point to bring I, up. I'm, I'm learning about all this stuff because <clears throat> I, I really don't know. I'm sure I was born prematurely. I mean, I was uh, beat up by my brothers, but I was never molested that I know of. Can I can I speculate? Yeah, I think. Please. Uh, um, I I uh, with control. I did a, a documentary interview piece uh, with the modern Bloods and Crips. And I was talking to these young men, and each one of them was really sweet and really nice, but they were hardened gangbangers. And when I'd ask them, why then? Why do you do this? You, you, you detail how terrible your life is because of being in a gang, but why? You know, my dad was a gangbanger. Everyone I knew grew up, when, when I grew up was a gangbanger. Everyone around me, it was very normalized. I think you grew up with bros, really macho bros in South Orange County, being beating the shit out of people, I think was normalized and celebrated, and it's just kind of what. And and you're you. Uh, I think I, I was the best. I also think genetically, you're you're a t you're a hard man, so it just yeah. fit part and parcel. You know. Do you like doing burnouts? Oh, I love cars. I love fast cars. Did there was there, was that always when you were growing up? Uh, yeah, I drove a lot of fast stuff, and you know, my, my I came from a car family, so yeah, you know, loud cars and loud music, and it's pretty and, hard to get away from that. Do you think? Um, driving fast, yeah, or, or yeah. liking those, uh, but liking fast cars. I'm just it, trying to show course. you that I feel like he Mike might be right because there's certain things that 
no matter how old I get, I cannot deny that. And sure, they came from my childhood, but cars. Right. I have a, my dear friend Tullium on the Jason Ellis show doesn't give a fuck about cars to the point where it took me a few years to understand. I look at him sideways going, it, but it's a Lamborghini. Yeah. Yeah. It's the greatest car. And he's like, eh. Like what the amount of money you would spend on that, what you could do with a house. Or, and I'm like, but you wouldn't, yeah, you would have a house, but you wouldn't have. <laughs> you wouldn't Lamb- have 800 horsepower. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lamb- it Lamb- would sound look, like this. Yeah, right? Look at the doors and stuff. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, but it's, you know, what you, what you were raised with certain things. Small house, fast cars. Yeah. But I mean, that one thing that you were raised with when it comes to snapping on people, that one, because if you still like cars, no harm, no foul. You know, but if you still like, because I have the, my father had a, a temper and he would snap on people and that's in me. And it, and I've got two kids and I've, I've sometimes it's been appropriate, but I would say most of the time it hasn't. And I don't think that my kids appreciate it. So, <clears throat> and I don't want them to use it. I don't want them to have that. I, so I see that. I see my intricacies coming out in my daughter. Cause you know, I, I, it was just her and I for the first few years. And, um, you know, I don't know. I still don't know what I'm doing raising a little girl. I did a good job. She's a smart kid. And yeah. I think she's great. But I, now I'm trying to look back and say, okay, where did I where did I screw up here? And how can I fix it before she gets too old? Before these things, that these signs I see in her that I don't like, that I can tell this is going to go this way. Uh, how do I deal with punishment when she does this? You know, do I say, okay, you did this. So write this down a hundred times. No, I, I, I don't know. There's a lot of things I'm trying to figure out because <clears throat> I put it up on myself to raise my kid properly. To I, I treat teacher the wait, right. Wait, you I'm, raise you live. You're a single parent. With no, it. no, no, not anymore. Her, you know, her mom and I are great. And uh, but for a while, it was that just wasn't you always and her. the case. I that, remember that was, you coming on Loveline. It yeah, was rough. that wasn't always the case. Yeah. You know, her mom was was dealing with her her issues back then. And again, she's she's amazing now. Um, and you know, we're friends. Like she's we're we're close. We're we're you know like we should be, but. You know, it, it was, there's was a lot of trauma and I don't know, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying her mom did all of it. I know I did some of it. So I have to figure out how do I, <clears throat> you know, stop it now, number one, and change her outlook on me. Also, other people's outlook, like what if my daughter goes to one of her friend's house and they go, I don't know if I want you hanging out with the kid because her dad's crazy. So that's a bit, I don't give a fuck when anyone looks at me. No, I know it, Jason it, deals it, with that. It, it's, it's the outward perspective of, of number one, you know, how do these people in business and in my daughter's life look at me because I'm trying to accomplish some things, but uh, as far as teaching her, I mean, there's, there's just, or trying to, to, to change the, the things I've done wrong. It's just something I'm learning. I have no idea how to do it yet. Yeah. You know, and I'm trying to figure it out because, you know, I don't want her to, to be, I want her to turn into the best person she can be, the best version of herself, yep. you know, and, and not to be anyone else, but to be this person that I love, but just better, yep. you know, just, just the best that she can be. Cause she's all I got. I, I, um, I reached out to you uh, a couple months ago because you, you evidently have a really great relationship with your daughter. I mean, she's beaming when she's around you, and it, it's really nice to see. And I know Jason works really, really hard um, with both his kids, but, but particularly with his daughter. It's a, it's a weird, special thing, but it's very difficult. I, have, I only have one child, and she's a, a female. I have a daughter. And I want to ask you both. You're both very hard men. You're both very uh, uh, de- intricate difficult, hard dudes. Um, 
And that's that's Thank not a bad you. thing. That's not a bad thing. But that, look, look, but I'm rugged. That's not a bad thing. But that's that's reality. I mean, you both Shit. you both have dealt with a lot, and you both have been calloused by a lot of your adversity. How have you guys dealt with wanting to be a positive influence on your daughter to give to represent a positive outlook on men, but at the same time, not compromise who you really are? as a person, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause I, I, I'd love to just become Mr. Rogers tomorrow and be that, but, but that's not real. That's not who I am. But I also want to be a really positive male role model for my daughter. So it's like, I, I'm, I'm constantly doing this and I don't deal with half of the stuff that you guys do. So I, I was just curious how you guys make heads or tails of that. I mean, it's for me, it's just, uh, number one, not bringing around any more, uh, um, silly young women that she gets to meet. She's met way too many people already. Yeah. And she's dad, you've had a lot of girlfriends, huh? Ooh. Like stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, okay, I gotta stop. Uh and she you knows she just picks up on stuff. And and I I number one make sure she knows that she's number one. She's the the only thing that matters. You know, she hasn't even met my new girlfriend because she again she's eight and I I broke up with someone not that long ago. Right. You know best. Yeah, it's probably best and it's fine. You know, it's I get it. Like it's it's a good thing, but just to, when she does meet someone new, it's just going to be, a, it'll be a while. It'll be one of those things that it's like, look, at this is this person. This is daddy's friend. Uh, but trying to bring around better influences. You know, and, and, and not that these women were bad people. They're just young, crazy model types that right. are you know, not quite evolved enough to be in my daughter's life realistically. Right. You know, they weren't ready for it. And, and, and I, I wasn't at that point either. But I still had to deal with this child. and I still had to learn to... to to teach her the right things, you know. Yeah. I have a lot of help. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, and that's a big part of his help. I, I have a my ex-wife is awesome. She's an awesome mother, and she has uh, parents <coughs> who are awesome um, grandparents. And there's like an American family thing unit that they have there, so they can copy them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then when it comes to me, you can take. Other pieces, you know, because I feel like my kids, they know that. They're like, you know, dad's not reading uh, story time. He makes his own stories because he's not very good at reading. And, <laughs> you know, and I've said, it's like, you know, I don't, you don't, you're going to, you got to stay in school. You didn't stay in school. And I'm like, I accidentally got good at professional skateboarding. I was the first person in Australia to ever get paid to be a pro skateboarder in America. Pretty unlikely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and to tell you the truth, it's yeah, that's great, but I really do wish I could read way better and just write stuff out. It has been a nightmare, believe it or not. So I feel like having that story is okay. Don't follow my footsteps, but I'm telling you, I didn't read it in a book. You really should get an education. It's really handy. I, as a guy that don't, doesn't have it, miss it. So I, and they can tell that when I say that, I mean it. <clears throat> yeah, because it's hard, <clears throat> especially like I said. Now I'm dating a scientist, and the intellectuals I find myself around, and the people they want me to talk to and speak on behalf of for this psilocybin type movement, I feel like a chimp up there yeah. sometimes. Yeah, but you you're know? really eager to learn, and that's really all you need. You can tell yeah. you really want to. Yeah, that that's my my whole passion. I was learning the body, doing breath work, you know, with my my coach Casper Vandermeulen. Uh, you know, did you do cold plunge? Holy mackerel! Yeah. Do you go in the cold water thing? Oh yeah, I've been doing that for a long time. I've I've been training in a Casper for I mean the last. And do you think breath work? Do you do breath work when you're in there, or do you just sit in there? Uh, both. Sometimes I just chill out. Does it help if you do breath work when you go in? Because I don't. I do. I've got a cold plunge in my house, 
and I use it all the time. But I don't do, I don't do breath anything. You have to, you have to learn to. It's just hard, you know. And it's, it's at first you just, you just need to learn to come down. You know, once you get a, enough to deal with it, it's just like doing yoga. You do hot yoga, and if I can keep my breath going the whole time, people are like, Jesus, you know what you're doing. I'm like, yeah, because I look at the way my stomach of you know, my, my, I can breathe through all parts, yeah. all three parts. Can you do it? What cold breath, breath work? Yeah, oh, I do. I work on it uh, pretty much daily. Oh, yeah. I mean, like I woke up this morning, did breath work, did meditation for how long? Uh, I do three rounds in the morning. And What's then three I'll, rounds? Just three, three, three rounds. So, like this morning, I did Wim Hof's his modality. Yeah. So I did that this morning, and then meditated a little bit. Got up, had some some this mushroom blend of coffee that I have with then, mushrooms in it, not with psychedelic mushrooms. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't even take a like chaga mushrooms. And yeah, stuff, yeah, a bunch of different kinds. Uh, Stigmatic is the company. For Stigmatic, yeah, they're they're great. That's a great company. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's it's These guys know everything. They make it. They make a coffee with um with Ar- uh, Ayurvedic herbs in it. It mm-hmm. is it's awesome. Yeah, you have turmeric. You have all these you know anti-inflammatory properties you can put in things like that, and you know you. It's just a daily. I mean, health and wellness. The the working out exercise of some sort, and and what fuel you put in your body is number one. That's the first thing you have to do. And that's my daughter has juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. So when she was two and a half, she couldn't walk. Went from being this active. I mean, she's a super athlete now. It's crazy. Hey. But she couldn't walk. And I I was just kind of me at that time with my dad. So and we've always been healthy. So it was super heavy diet. I tried the whole vegan thing. Didn't work. Um, which I I was just a, a reactionary thing. I was like, I gotta be really healthy. But you know, to to teach her to be healthy, because I'm gonna look at you're different. You have a disease. You're going to have this for the rest of your life if you don't act accordingly, if you don't stop eating candy, if you don't, uh, she just figured out what candy is and it turns her into the devil. Um, mm. But, you know, there's so much about health and wellness. So then you, you eat properly, you work out every day, and then after that, we can work on <clears throat> the breath work, the meditation, get into, you know, sharpening your mind with whether it's like, I like stoicism and uh, learning, you know, Marcus Aurelia. Like, I've been getting into stuff a lot and it's, it's just, I'm constantly learning. Uh, you know, like when I'm in my car, if I'm not listening to a podcast now, I'm every once in a while, I'll put on some rap, like a Nipsey hustle or something to, mm. you know, hustle and motivate. But, um, now it's turned into like, you know, a Simrit car or Snotnam car or, or, uh, you know, KD, like all these, it's this, this chanting, this vibrational patterns that can change you can, you know what he's talking about? Uh, I'm aware of them. I don't, it's, it's I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time explaining cause it's all new to me. But there's so much stuff I'm trying on like a minute-to-minute basis mm. that's therapeutic. Even my stand-up. I, I, am I ever going to be the best stand-up in the world? That's how I look at things. Are you already know. doing it? Yeah. I, I have a show tonight at the Dime. You but, do? Oh, yeah. Every Tuesday. And actually, Jason Miller's going to be there. Nice! That should be interesting. I haven't seen Jason in a Wait, while. Wait, I'm like, Mayhem's in a good place. Yeah, the kid, good. Good. Mayhem's once I saw it, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. No, he got, he's been on this show. He's been on my other show. He's <clears throat> living in a sober house. He got his, good. what's it, second degree black belt? Yeah, yeah right. he got yeah. he got that the other day because he's putting in work in the gym and helping people. And he's think, doing real good. I think he just celebrated a year, right? Yeah, over that. Yeah, now the, yeah. La- the last time I talked to him, he had him and my ex wife had gotten in a fist fight, <laughs> and they, uh, you know, everyone's like, "Well, he beat up your ex wife." I was like, "Well, they're both on drugs." So this was years ago, and uh, so I, I don't know. I don't still really don't know what happened. Don't care, but uh, you know, it's it's. Wait, I, I'm not wait, Jason wait. Turner. The girl that Jason was living with was. No, no, no. Another girl he beat up or, or you know, I'm just, I can't say he did. I'm just saying what was put on the media. I don't know what happened. They're, they're both in bad places. So we'll just. He told me it. a little bit more about it. And it's, I've, uh, look, I, at one point, 
me and him were be- me, uh, he, and, he and I were best friends, and I completely severed ties with him because I'm like, there's a certain thing you can do around me where it's fucking over, yeah. like completely over. Yeah. And then hearing the story, and I'm like, yep, I see your story, and I see how from the drugs and all the shit how this can happen, but the fact still remains is you're one of the toughest people in the world, and you put hands on a woman, even if she's attacking you. You have to sit there and get the shit. He's like, what about if she's fucking hit me with a bottle? Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I, there's, I'm sorry, but there's no way that I can feel sorry for you unless she's exactly. shooting you. That Even even then, you got to put her down and get the gun out, and you have to not hit her. You have to not push her or anything. So, Which, I, you know what? I totally understand, <clears throat> and this has been brought up recently because I know it's in, on the internet. Um, I got jumped one time. And yeah. ended up hitting a girl because I didn't know it was a girl. Like right, it's just a bunch of people. A beating bunch you of people up. just beat me up, and I, I, I hurt this poor woman. And we've, she's apologized to me for attacking me, and I was like, "Listen, I'm, I'm sorry to you because I know what I did. I broke a lot of pieces of her face, <gasps> and, and that I was 19, I think. I was just leaving the bar, and brawl broke out, and whatever. Um, but, 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 but you know what? It's th- that from a young age, I always knew never hit a woman, and I was, I was so depressed. I got tasered after that, which I deserved. So whatever, it's fine. Um, but knowing what what I can do to a woman at such a young age with my hands, I was like, oh, I'll never hit a woman. And then, then training with women in the, in, the, in, the, in the gym, like Carla Esparza. Yeah. Tough, very world-class women. I'm like, there, I, can, I, I can't even hit these women full speed. I can never hit, even if women are attacking me. Yes, it's, you might give them a good squeeze, but like besides that, just grabbing, holding them there. But I hit a woman, Mike. When was this? When I was 17, I was in a fight in an alleyway in, in Mission Beach. Sick. And uh, somebody pulled my hair from behind and I turned around and punched him. And it was a female police officer. (laughs) All bad. And it wasn't a very good punch. Didn't do that much to her. And I ran and she outran me and tripped me over. And then she handcuffed me with my hands behind my head. And then she kneed me in the ass and smashed my balls into the wall. And it made me headbutt the wall. And then they took me to jail and... uh, they put handcuffs around the back of my knees and my face on the ground. And then uh, she beat me with the, the baton for a bit. Oh. <laughs> you deserved and, it. Yeah. And then, and then I uh, went in the, in the cell and, and a, a, like a homeless guy peed and I was in his pee. So he peed on the floor when he was asleep and I was on the floor. So I had pee on me. And then I had to walk back to Mission Beach with my friend and I got chafe in my in between my legs because of the pee. <laughs> <laughs> but that was different. I didn't mean to do that. Pee chafe. Yeah. You know, but yeah, again. But you if know, you completely, like I said, Jason's sober in a sober house. Yes. And if he continues down that road and tells me that what he did either way is completely wrong and he would never do that again, <laughs> I'm here to support you, brother. Of course. But if you fucking turn one way that way at all, I am out. I, I, I'm. Oh, I, we will never be looked at as friends again. That's it. Yeah. So you know, I mean, if he, if he shows up and he's like, "Let's get a drink," I'm like, "That's it, dude. I you can go get a drink, but I'm not ever hanging out with you again." Because that to me is an insult to women. You you yeah. You got to say that the drugs them. did that, so then you you can't do drugs ever again. You can't ever talk that way. And you know, I saw it happen. I saw the fame and all the. The attention, it does it to everybody. It's done it to me. You know, people start patting you on the back. You start believing their shit, man. You know what I mean? You, you're busy trying to be successful, and then you get successful, and then everyone's fluffing you because you're successful, and you're like, shit, 
Maybe I am the shit. I am this cool. <laughs> you're yeah. fucking well, not. You, you fucking and, suck. You yeah, and right? Jason. You and Jason. Um, <laughs> so you true. and Jason Mayhem Miller. You, Jason Ellis, and Jason Miller, and you, Ian. You share something which is beautiful, but it is also incredibly dangerous, and that is exceptional talent. An exceptional, unique, weird talent, freak talent. Um, it, it watch make, him at the dime bots. It's not going to be that great. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I, and I haven't performed in like over two You're weeks. Ma- I'm going to go. Go, Because I was going to start working on it again. And the guy I was going to, I was, somebody told me, don't go to the dime bar anymore. There's nobody there. And then I thought, well, if nobody else is going to book me, because you're talking about Adam Hunter, right? Yeah, yes. I'm friends with him. I know that if I text him right now, I go, hey, man, can I go there and do some as well? He'd be like, yeah, fucking show up. Oh, yeah. So I'm in again. I, I, I have, to have to start there because I've done it there before where there's been three people. And the and one of them was the bartender, and the other two were going to do stand up after me. Oh yeah, the, it, it's it's, it's tough it's for us to train, you know. And, I, and I, that's another therapeutic thing is I get Keep in, doing it. I get in front of these comedians, and I know I look like a dick. They always say, "How are you going to make that funny?" Like the way I look, so I have to explain it. Yeah, and I have to get up there and be like, "Okay, I know I look like a dick. I know I look like the person that probably picked on you in high school, but pl- and then please make fun of me. Like I I don't give a shit. I'm I'm not. I'm here to do the work. Like everyone obviously compares me to Shab. I get it. Um. And they talk a lot of shit. Like, he's, he's killing it either way. Like, whether you think he's good or not, doesn't matter. Um, and I, it's just the comparison where I go, okay, then I, I know I have to do the work. I have to be at open mics yeah. constantly. I had my first, I guess, East Coast tour, it would be. You did? Well, no, I'm doing it in, in February. Shit. And, and, and I'm, you know, and, and comedians are letting me do this because I'm doing the work. I'm, yeah. I'm putting in, you know, like anywhere from two to five sessions a weekend. Or open mics or, or oh, spots. Oh, shit. Okay. And I, I'm really trying. I mean, I'm really... And it's it's demoralizing. But yeah. it's good for me because I know I'm not that good. And the last time I was obsessed with something, I became the best in the world at it. Thank you. And I'm not saying I'm I'm going to be the best comic ever, I, but I want to work like I, like I am, yeah. you know, because I know the rush that comes from headlining an event at an arena. And I see people selling out arenas now. And I'm like, I always figured I'm never going to get that drug, the drug of fighting, of walking out, everyone cheering, whether there's... They're chanting, you're going to die in Portuguese in Brazil, or they're, they're in America screaming, sweep the leg, some dumb shit that Americans yell. Um, it's the rush. And then I, I, I get a little rush from going up on stage. And even from, from, from bombing, which makes you feel just, just disgusting on the inside, yeah. I revel in it. Because it, it makes you realize, okay, I'm not that cool. I'm not that good. It's just a process. It's, a, it's work for me. Humbling. I, it's humbling. Yeah, and, and I that's, love it. That's healthy. You know, but it's and people are going to make that comparison to Shab because you were in the UFC and you're transitioning to other things. And like you said, you could hate all you want. It's subjective. Yeah. If you don't like the fire indicator, if you don't like Shab's comedy, that's it's totally up to you. That's opinion. No one can refute the work ethic. Well, yeah, the grind I, is fucking really impressive with yeah, Brendan, and, and like that's something we could all crazy. run from. You know, I tell him this just to being a smartass. I say, well, who is the better fighter? <laughs> <laughs> so I'll be fine but I mean I don't know am I, I going to be worse than him at that at that, that time but everybody, if, I don't know why if you everyone's going to talk I don't know that many people talk shit on him but he, he made it exactly crushing and, it. It's, like, and the, it's like he earned every yeah, fucking yeah. piece of it the guy fucking works so hard and he and he's constantly refining it you know like Always. it's just, it's super it's super um, admirable but like before you could get even to any of that external stuff, it's really important that you got to the place that you're at now and you keep working there, yeah. you know, because so many people 
they retire out of the military. They retire out of the NFL. They retire out of UFC or whatever it is. Something where you're redlining. You're redlining beyond what anyone else has ever been accustomed to. You're at a 12 constantly for years. Right. And you try to years. you try to transition into something normal. And I, I guarantee it was very similar for you in vert skating in the 90s, Jason, where you're just fucking pushing it to the limit so much farther than most people have ever even dreamed of. Trying to transition into doing something what, what which is considered normal, it can be really hard. And I, I think fighting. Fighting saved my life. Yeah. Okay, after after skateboarding, it was, so, I, I was I, like, why I, would you do that? You're old and you're beat up. And I'm like, because you guys are fucking crazy. This is intense. <laughs> and that's, and it's, and I am starting it from scratch. Every day I got in there, I got better. No, nah, dude. So I got, it wasn't, it wasn't your level, but I was fucking better than I was yesterday. And I, I remember it. calling my wife and going, I learned fucking kill it. You mean like, well, every time I learned something, I'd be like, I learned it. So I had to tell one person. Whether fighting, they cared or not, I was pumped. Fighting has been a nice and healthy adjunct for you, but I think radio saved your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You found something that you are exceptionally gifted at, and you you fell into something that you are you are a phenom in it, and people were there to support you and 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 help grow that. You yeah, know that's, that, that's pretty good. Too. That's been you know <laughs> can't forget that one. Yeah, uh-huh. I always told you guys, Jason's like. If I didn't have skateboarding, I'd just be another bogan in Australia doing that. I was like, I don't know. I'm pretty sure there'd be like a weird reality show about you, you know, like, like, like some Borat fucking type shit, but about bogans. Jason you know? in the bush. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, I think I, I might have pitched that. Oh, mate. Let's do some burnouts, mate. Hey, that sounds good idea, cunt. Burnouts in the bush. In, in a little ute. <laughs> bush burn. It's not a bad idea. It sounds really impossible, but I'm into it. I'd watch that. Right, just Did finding places in the bush to do burnouts. Go back to like, it? and you identify like the biggest bogans that you can find and you just hang out with them and film it. We do want to have, I feel like if you're going to do a show where you're in the bush and you're being a strain, you got to have a segment where you talk, you find creatures. Well, just your little stories you find, about. You, see, yours is about finding gay men in the bush. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, I went to a gay man in the bush fucking thing one time. Bush it's, over, it's overrated. Bush butt? <laughs> Like somebody told me, somebody was like, you should meet me at this thing. I got my wife to approve it and everything. This, this, this guy was like, meet me at this thing. And I'm like, what? Like in the fucking bushes? And it's, she's like a guy. She's a girl, but she's a guy. And she's like, yeah. And, and then uh, I'm like, that sounds so fucking sketchy. But I'm also thinking, well, if you jump me, I'm going to beat your fucking ass. It's gay bushes. There's no way that <laughs> Chuck Liddell's That's in my here. new band, by the way. <laughs> Gay bushes. <laughs> so I didn't think there would be anything too dangerous, but it is sad and sketchy. Just dudes in, under trees waiting. I think it's. I think it's generational. I think it's a traditional thing. And that's happened for years, right? Didn't that right, was yeah. that was in that's George how Michaels? they that's how people used to meet because you couldn't have a gay bar. You right. that was illegal. You, exactly. In Southern California, there's no need to be meeting in the bushes. You right. know? That's what I'm saying. But I think I think like I told you, Jason. I use the analogy of why do Mexicans like the Raiders? They're not in LA anymore. There's no reason for that. But it's this tradition. It's tradition. Right. It's something you do. And gay guys for years, for 50, 60 years in America, have had to meet in the brambles in New York City. Why and, don't and girls do that? Because they're not guys. Yeah, because they're not gross. Like they're us. just so blowing it, though. Can you imagine that? That's what I would do. If I was Dan Blazarian, I would hire like 80 girls and go, go in the bushes. <clears throat> I'm just going to cruise. <clears throat> Pussy is far too powerful. They don't need that. You know, if you're a reasonably attractive girl, you could go anywhere on the I earth. Know, but why like, don't they want I really the, need a dick. But why don't they want the thrill of 
whose dick's going to come out in the bushes? That's not exciting. Because that's, that's, that's not thrilling to them. You might, it that's might like be saying, a, which exhaust pipe am I going to inhale? It might be a good They're what? like, I don't, I don't want it. It might you know? be a good dick and then they'll get a good one in the bushes. Who doesn't want a good one in the bushes? Tell good, me that. That's a good point. Tell me you that, ladies. Tell me you don't want to fucking get off a giant one in the, you mean, holding onto a fucking branch while some big dick gives you, you Just mean, multiple orgasms. Oh, yeah. They, wait, all girls, want, all girls want that, but they don't want to go, well, you know, in the bushes is dangerous. Yeah, yeah. That bit, <laughs> that bit I get, you're being sensible. I get it. But every now and then, if you kick off sensible and you just get fucked in the bushes, I've been, I've been fucked in the bushes, but I've fucked in the bushes and it's great. I fuck girls in the bushes too, but it's only one. It's never been, I never fucked a girl in the bushes and I looked over and there was like three more girls over there going, you should fuck me after Give me that. a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Because it's, it's, you're in nature and the adrenaline, you know what I mean? Somebody could come, the cops could come. You know, and you and, you, and you're gonna come, and you could go to jail. You know, I like it. I like it. I like I'm turned on. Come on, ladies. I'm, I'm turned on. I'm not gonna lie. Is there anything uh, you need to uh, promote or or plug? Do you have a podcast with a comedian? I do. Because well, you're trying to be Brendan Sharp, obviously. Of course. No, I have my own podcast with right by so, yourself. Yes, big boy handles yes. himself. Been doing it for a while. Not like I, us. I, I'm, I do it. I did it under the guidance of Rogan and Shab. Yeah, uh, telling me to do it. I was one of your first guests, I believe. Yes, you were my very first guest. I was your very first guest. Yes. Oh, nice. Um, but you know, we. I got a new book coming out. I'll be on your show. Yeah, come on. What's, what's sorry the book? to just fucking. Right. Uh, still awesome. It's trials and tribulations of an egotistical maniac. I like it. Yeah, I like it. Well, yeah, tons I, of gay shit in there. Tons of gay shit. Cool stories. See, now maybe that's my segue into gayness. I don't think you should do it. I think it's no. too late. Honestly, <laughs> I'm sensing that you shouldn't do it, and yeah. you'd feel really bad about it. Okay. Yeah. That might make, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So uh, with me, yeah, my story, my, my story time, my podcast is called Story Time with Uncle Creepy. Mm -hmm. uh, and we have a bunch of stuff that needs to be released, but we're trying to deal with all that sort of stuff. Um, Elixir, check it out. It's it's our CBD brand that's blowing up. You know, that, that whole CBD bubble is going to pop in, I think, less than a year. Yeah. And uh, we'll be one of the only brands that's up there. I think there'll be five or ten. Um, but you can, you can be trusted. I mean, we're the only people with FDA certification, with uh, third-party certification. So if you want to be in the Olympics, the NFL, the UFC. Uh, I, I had the UFC deal for a while. The reason I have these certifications is because of Jeff Nowitzki. So shout out to the Golden Snitch. Golden Snitch. Um, he's my guy. But, uh, you know, Aurora <laughs> came in and gave him all that money. So I'll go do it myself. Oh. Um, you know, no big deal. They paid him a lot. It's kind of crazy. That's business. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. It's I, I had that chance. I, it was a learning experience for me. But what else? Uh, yeah, just check me out on social media. Uncle Creepy MMA. I'm putting out a lot of fun stuff. I think I'm doing an MMA retreat in Bali, maybe in March or April. What the fuck see. do you do an MMA retreat? Well, I take people out there. They they pay money to have us train them for a week, do a seminar there, and get to go to Bali and hang out with me. If you, you get a boner time. in Bali, is it Bollywood? It is Bollywood. Yeah. Man, I want to do that. Come out. Mm. Yeah. I would love that. I got I got to just set. train and then just hang out on the beach and shit. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Go to my friends' restaurants like Mason and Fishbone and all the cool fun places there. Wow. Always amazing. Surf a little bit. Yeah, if you want to surf, yeah. surf. Can you surf? I can, I don't though. I fucking the ocean suck at it me. so bad. Yeah, I, I grew up with a bunch of pro surfers and bodyboarders. And I'm I, fucking I, pro skateboarder. What the fuck? Sideways was my life. <laughs> Surfing's the different, worst. man. Surfing's different. I I've always told I I'm I'm terrible. I try. I I I do surf, but I'm a kook and the, it's People don't understand. 90% of surfing happens before you fucking stand up. Yeah. 
Understanding the ocean, Man. duck diving, all that shit is so hard. I yeah. can surf if somebody's really good, like a pro, and then they push me into the wave. Yes. Then I'm sick. Yeah, like, have <laughs> I'm fucking Kelly Slater. Yeah, go, okay, yeah. If I was in a contest with Kelly Slater, but he wasn't in the contest, he was helping me get on a wave, <laughs> we I would be badass. Yeah. <laughs> oh, one last thing. Go check out decrimca.org, uh, Decrim Nature Oakland. I gave you a t-shirt. Yes. Uh, the decriminalization of plant medicines is a big deal to me. Seriously. And I, and I want everyone to understand that you know, we got to get off all these SSRIs and painkillers and all that nonsense and and focus on, and again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a shaman, a medicine man. I have these people in my life that are helping me progress through this. And, um, you know, we want to make a docuseries on what I'm doing or what we're doing as, as, a, as a whole. So uh, check it out and, um, you know, just do your research. I think 60 Minutes just came out with a thing on it. Uh, when Dr. Sanjay Gupta did it with cannabis, everyone was all up in arms like, yes, it's it's medicine. So, just take a look, do the research, and uh, reach out if you have any questions. But those organizations are amazing, and uh, I hope, hopefully, within the next couple years, two years, we can have at least psilocybin legalized or decriminalized. That'd be awesome. Yeah. That'd be awesome. And you, the book is on pre-sale right now, or officially open for sale? Uh, December tenth is when it comes out. But yeah, JasonEllisBook.com is where you get it. Awesome. You can pre-order it right now. Still awesome is the yes. book, dude. Thank you so much. Thank Honestly, you it was, it's been a great time talking. Good to see you.